Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Three very important reasons why you should attend church faithfully. Or I've shortened it on the slide there just to simply say why, uh, why attend church. In Acts chapter 20, verse number 6, we have this. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. Now listen to this. And upon the first day of the week, of course, Sunday, when the disciples came together Sunday to break bread, Paul preached to them, ready to part on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Aren't you glad that I don't uh, preach till, till midnight? But he, this is a precedent here. <laughs> this, is a, this is a precedent here of the church meeting on Sunday, uh, assembling themselves together and preaching taking place. And this has been the practice for 2,000 years. But as I said this morning, it, it figures in the last days you would hear people questioning the need to assemble and to be committed to a local church. In fact, let me share this with you. I'm quoting from Barna Research George Barna is a Christian man. He has a, a Christian uh, polling, uh, uh, what do you call it? I, I don't know, ministry, if you will. And he does polling across the country, nationally known for it. And he wrote this. Listen carefully. What, if anything, helps Americans grow in their faith? When Barna Group asked, People offered a variety of answers to the question, what, if anything, helps Americans grow in their faith? And when he asked the question, people offered a variety of answers. Prayer, family, friends, reading the Bible, having children. But, now this isn't somebody's opinion, somebody polled. This is what people are saying. But church did not even crack the top ten list. Although church involvement was at once a cornerstone of American life, U.S. adults today are evenly divided on the importance of attending church. While half, 49%, say it is somewhat or very important, the other 51%, say it is not to or not at all important. The divide between the religiously active and those resistant to church going impacts American culture, morality, politics, as well as religion. It's very disconcerting that 51% of the people polled said that church attendance is not to are not at all important. Well, let me quickly this afternoon give you, if you need some reasons, let me give you three great reasons why church attendance is still very important. 
number one, you are basically a composite of the people with whom you spend the most time. Now think about that. You are basically a composite of the people with whom you spend the most time. In other words, who you hang around with matters. The people you hang around with can impact you positively or negatively. One writer put it this way. He said, when I was a youth pastor, I could easily see how friends could influence young people for either good or for bad. Now that I am a pastor to big people, I can see that tendency is true for them as well. I've heard it said before pretty much all my life. We are, we, we are who we are to a great degree. We are who we are to a great degree based on the books that you read and the people you affiliate or associate with. They are impacting us. Books that you read impact you. If you don't read books, that is impacting you. But the people that you're hanging around with are going to have an effect on you for good or for bad, all the more reason to be in the Lord's house. That's why it's valuable for us to be in church when the doors are open. We need to expose ourselves to people that are mature in the Lord. You say, well, in every church there are some people that are immature in the Lord, and that's for sure. But that doesn't deny the fact that there are many people in the church who are mature in the Lord. Hebrews 3.12, on the screen behind me. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I mean, it's important for others to exhort us, lest we be, you know, influenced through the deceitfulness of sin. Well, if you're not around those people, you're not going to be influenced. I am. I had a conversation recently that encouraged my heart, very much encouraged my heart. A man that I talked with trying to get his life right, wanting to do the right thing, striving to do the right thing, said that I I watch and listen to the men at church. And he wasn't doing that. That wasn't, oh, he's being critical, he's being judgmental. Not at all. The implication from him was, I learned from them. And that man named a good many of you men sitting right here in front of me. And he told me, he he says, and he's he's a growing Christian, really young in the Lord. But he says, he says I'm, I'm watching them. He said, even when they don't know that I'm watching them. And again, not spying. He, he's, he's wanting to learn. He, he sees some Christian men that are faithful in the Lord. And I can't tell you how that encouraged my heart to know, first of all, that he had some men that he could look to. And all the men that he named, I thought, hey, those, those are good men to be listening to. Those, those are good men to be, to be watching. But it encouraged my heart that he understood this very important principle that to a great degree we are who we are based on the books we read and the people that we associate with. And he's practicing that. So again, is everybody in the church perfect? No. Are there knuckleheads in the church? Sure. Are there people that drive you crazy? Well, of course there are. 
But don't let that undermine the fact that there are people in God's house that can affect you for the positive and for the better and be a good example to you and be an encouragement to you. Understand, one of the reasons for being faithful in the church is that you're a composite of the people whom you spend the most time with. And if you're spending most of your time with the unsaved men and women at work, then, and you're not spending most of your time with men and women at church, you know, I, I so appreciate, you know, uh, Brother Tim's Sunday school class was up on, on the hill there with the Handridges yesterday. Most of you uh, got word of the fact we had a real scare yesterday. I mean, as if Brother Dale isn't going through enough right now. I get a call yesterday morning and say, pray for Dale. It looks like he broke his hip. And he was getting on his loader or off his loader and fell. And he, he knew it was broken. He's had broken hips before. And he just knew it was broken. So they brought him over to uh, Grayling to the hospital, took an x-ray. And, and this was particularly disconcerting because they're supposed to be going, is it next week, to uh, back up to uh, Mayo, Mayo Clinic. And uh, for a month of pain management and what have you, uh, that man's broken just about every bone in his body that can be broken. So now that's in jeopardy, and my heart sunk when I heard about that. And then, uh, so I went to the hospital there in Grayling, and uh, before I got there, I got word that the x-ray showed that nothing was broken, but they were going to do a CAT scan. And uh, when I got there, I'm, I'm in the room, and they came in and said, guess what, you know, CAT scan shows you don't have anything broken. Dale, Dale looked at me and said, that's got to be a miracle. He said, I just knew that, that my hip was broken. He said, that, that's got to be a, a miracle. And he was so encouraged and, you know, sandy and over the fact that he could go home. And hopefully, hopefully it won't jeopardize them going for the further treatment that, that he needs. But that's just part of the story. The story was there was a whole group of our folks up there doing a love works kind of thing, you know, helping Dale and Sandy with a project up there. I mean, those two people have done so much for this church through the years. I thought it was just terrific that some of you would repay the favor and go up there and help them. But, you know, you guys and, and ladies that were spending time with each other yesterday, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's one of the great blessings that come with with being a part of a church. But if you're, if you're not careful, and we all tend to do this, if you're not careful, you'll just focus on the knucklehead. You know, you, you will. I mean, I was a Christian school principal. I knew the bad kids and their families much more intimately than I knew the good kids. Because as the principal of the school, they were always in my office and their parents were in my office. And I really had to work at, at making sure that I spent time with the with the honor roll students and, and, and the, you know, all, all the kids that took school seriously and they were, they were good kids. But if, if I weren't careful, sometimes I would get discouraged and then I'd realize, you know what? It's only a few kids that are bad. They just consume so much of my time that I think, you know, I get frustrated and aggravated and forget this job. I'll do something else. And then you really put it in perspective and the vast majority of the kids were never, I mean, 90% of those kids at that school back then were never in my office for anything bad. You know, 5% maybe. So, you know, be, be careful at church that you might discourage yourself when there's a knucklehead or somebody that, you know, maybe they say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. And because, I mean, we're a hospital. We got some people that are doctors and nurses, and we got patients, and some are pretty bad, and some are really in bad shape, and we're trying to help them all. 
But again, don't let that discourage you from the blessings that come from being in God's house and rubbing shoulders with mature Christians. I know that I am a better person. To this day, I am a better person for people that I know in this church that have influenced my life. And I mean that sincerely. You know, I hope I'm influencing you for good. But let me tell you, there are many of you in this room that have influenced me for good. I'm a better person seeing you know, your work ethic, your, your, your integrity and what have you. That motivates me. So that's a huge blessing that you're going to get. That you're probably not going to get in the workplace. Probably not going to get in the organization, social, civic organizations around. Probably might not even get from family and friends, especially if they're unsaved. All the more reason to value your time in the local church. So, understand, one of the great reasons for being in church is you're basically a composite of the people with whom you spend time with. Number two, you need the voice of the church to counteract all the deception that is crammed into your mind throughout the week. You need the voice of the church to counteract all the deception that is crammed into your mind all throughout the week. You know, I am so thankful for network programming, ABC, NBC, CBS, and and the like. I mean, their emphasis on Sunday school and their emphasis on purity and, you know, all the, the character qualities that they are trying to instill in people and the clean and wholesome programming. And my point is this, you laugh because that's not true. But that's the kind of stuff that is thrown at us all the time. Be it movies, be it TV, be it magazines, be it internet, be it in public schools, be it in the workplace, coming from unsaved family and friends. There's always this pressure, a real pressure. When you talk about your faith, you know how people look at you funny? And that can sometimes hurt most when it comes from unsaved family or backslidden family. You know, that's pressure. That's pressure for, you know, they're trying to make you think that you're wrong in being so committed and so involved in your church. You know, so you need something to counteract that. Colossians 2.8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. There are people out there, they may not even be aware of what they're doing, but what they are doing is they are influencing you. They are spoiling you after the traditions of men. Don't follow the traditions of God, the church. Follow man. I like this quote. With so many messages streaming into your life every week that can kidnap you and take you away from God, it is extremely critical that you spend as much time in church as possible to fill your mind with godly wisdom and discernment. Soak in all you can whenever you can. It's so critical. I know when we leave these doors, all of us in this room, the pressure for the most part is to draw us away from God. Where's the one place you can come that's going to encourage you towards purity, towards wholesomeness, towards ethical living, towards honesty, towards righteousness, towards holiness, towards commitment to Christ? What's the one place that you can count on to encourage you to do right? That's the Lord's house. That's a good reason to be faithful in the Lord's house. And then lastly, weekly ministry in a local church helps to build up your spiritual muscles. Muscles can atrophy 
if not used, so people exercise. You know, Sharon and I have these bicycles now, and we, we, try, to, we try to exercise every day, either, either walking or, or, or bicycling and what have you. And the older we get, the more we realize the importance. If we're going to be effective for the Lord, you've got to have your health. You know, nothing else matters, really, if you don't have your health. So we really work at trying to uh, keep good health, but you have to work at it. And, and understand this, spiritual muscles can atrophy if not used. You know, I mean, if you never go to church, you, you, you might. I've met people up here that downstate, they, they serve the Lord faithfully. Oh, yeah, you'll meet people. I taught Sunday school. I was a deacon and whatever. And up here, they're couch potatoes. And, and they're spiritual couch potatoes because they're not going to church. They're not serving the Lord at all. Church is a place where, where you can get spiritual exercise. Church is like a spiritual gym. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. It's got to be the right friends. What better place to find them in church? Hebrews ten twenty four: And let us consider one another to provoke. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. To provoke unto love and to good works. Don't provoke to laziness or gossip, to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, the coming, the day approaching, the coming of the Lord. The, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, we need to more be encouraging one another, to, to, to challenge one another. You say, well, you know, churches... Some churches have, you know, bad experiences in there. You may have somebody in a church who's a gossip. You may have somebody in a church that's immature. You may have a person in the church that you, that you want to depend on and you couldn't depend on them and your feelings are hurt or whatever. Well, understand, you know, when, 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 you're, when you're building physical muscle, you, you do sometimes lift weights, resistant exercises. That's not fun, but it's necessary, that resistance. And so it is in the church. You, you can be blessed by mature people who encourage you and who set a good example for you. But you can also be blessed by people who are immature and maybe do dumb things or say hurtful things because you learn to deal with that. And you learn to deal with it in the right way. Before you were saved, you just blow them off, get mad, whatever, never see them again. But you're in the church now. You know you're supposed to be there. And I'm going to run into them every Sunday. I'm going to run into them on Wednesday night. And that's a difficult person. You know, the Lord is using that to grow you. Maybe... Maybe he's teaching you patience, long-suffering. Maybe he's helping you to see yourself in that individual. So, yeah, a church is made up of all sorts of people, some very mature and some very immature. But it's a great place to build up your spiritual muscle. So, let's review. Why should you go to church? You're basically a composite of the people with whom you spend the most time. Five people, more, less people, whatever. The people you spend the most time. Again, I am a better person because of some of the people that are in this room right now. Spending time with them. Seeing their work ethic. Seeing their integrity. Seeing their commitment to the Lord, their trustworthiness, that inspires me towards those things. Number two, you need the voice of the church to counteract all of the deception that is crammed into your mind all throughout the week. All the more reason 
when you feel when you don't feel like going to church to make sure that you're there. And lastly, weekly ministry in a local church helps to build up your spiritual muscles. You need to be here to exercise, both just in attendance and being here to serve in your role. Very important. There's lots of benefits of being in God's house. So many that you don't ever want to miss. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed as we stand, please. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.